2020 has been a whirlwind. We lost some incredibly influential people, got hit with a worldwide pandemic, unemployment rate was at an all-time high, divorce rates are through the roof, and relationships are holding on by a thread. Our individual lives got disrupted. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring? So I wanted to have a conversation with a friend about this year and some of the punches that he took and how he handled it. Here's how he survived 2020 and what he's taken into the new year. Today, I got my boy P. Watt, Perry Watson. Uh, if you guys don't know who he is, let me just tell you, he is maybe the most impressive athlete that you will ever meet in your life. You got a guy who has been drafted in the NFL six times. <laughs> and if you're wondering, <laughs> you're saying that makes no sense, that's because it doesn't make sense. No, so there was one time, I don't know if you remember this, I, I went and I tweeted out, I was like, hey, congratulations to my boy, P.Y., he's going to get drafted in the first round of the draft tonight. So many people went and they congratulated and they responded to it. And we just thought it was hilarious. So I decided I was going to do it again the following year to see if those same people would catch on and be like, well, what the heck is going on here? He ain't, he ain't getting drafted. People were still just clueless. So I think I've been doing that probably for about, what, seven years now? <laughs> yeah. Every year on draft day, I just say, hey, congrats to P.Y. getting drafted tonight. Dreams come true. Now, I want to have you on here, man, because I really feel like this year it tried to take you down. And somehow you just kept moving forward and even coming out better on the under end because of it. A couple months ago, you broke down some of the things um, that happened, right? Talking about relationships, talking about cars, talking about jobs, family, et cetera, et cetera. Can you just tell us some of the challenges that 2020 has thrown your way? Thanks for the, the draft shout outs every year. <laughs> uh, it always throws, throws people for some curveballs. Um, and it's also just fun to, you know, kind of reminisce on the first time it happened. <laughs> And all the other people that randomly talk, uh, reach out. But yeah, 2020, everyone's had hurdles. Everyone's had challenges and they're going through their own journeys. And, you know, I'm going to talk about mine, but I know everyone's, everyone's is different and everyone's is, you know, maybe more than mine, less than mine, but you know, everyone's going through something on, on their own kind of scale. So I'm not trying to take away anything from anyone else. You know, if, you know, you hear my right. story, you know, this is nothing compared to so-and-so, but still, you know, it's just some things that I've been going, or I have had to go through. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, job, relationship, family, like those were three, I guess, of the major things that, you know, happened this year for me. At the beginning of the year, I went through uh, a breakup with a girl uh, I'd been going out with for almost a year at that point. And it was, it was on good terms. It was decent. Uh, we were, you know, civil about it all. I, I'm never the type of person that, that wants to burn bridges. Mm. So I try and be a civil as I can about it all. But yeah, I did. So that was right. That was right as things were getting bad Corona wise. It wasn't, I don't think we'd had the whispers of shutting down and things like that. So no one kind of, obviously we're in uncharted territories as you know, right. a nation. We didn't know what was going to happen. So we had broken up maybe a month later or less than a month. We go into quarantine, like lockdown, like stay at home mm -hmm. orders. So I essentially am going through, and she obviously as well is going through a breakup, like uh, the, the after effects of a breakup during quarantine. So you are, I'm like alone, alone. Like no, right. normally, you know, you break up with someone 
or something happens, <clears throat> you're alone in the in the sense of you don't have that that rock or that person anymore. But this yeah. was this was a different level of, of exactly. Loneliness. This is a heightened aloneness. Like I don't have, I can't, you know, what I, mean? I can't go out and get get my mind off things. I can't, you know, what I mean, hang out with the boys. Like we, you are alone, and that you're supposed to be alone because the government wants everyone alone. Um, <laughs> so that that was a little tough. So I didn't have the the outlets that I normally did to get my mind off things. So that was uh, that was a hurdle all in its own. There's something that you said that I want to unpack real quick. Um, you talked about the relationship and how you weren't able to get your mind off of things and go out and do what you know you do. So obviously, in previous relationships, after a breakup, that was the technique. That's what you would do. Hey, let me go get my mind off things. Let me go out, whatever it is. Do you think that it was more or less beneficial this way, knowing that, hey, I ain't got nothing to do, so I got to stay here and deal with this thing internally? That, good question. Um, at first, I would have told you it was worse because I never actually had to sit there and think about those things mm-hmm. and, and kind of go over it or self-reflect. Or I actually talked with my my guy friends way more about this ending than other relationships or just the dynamic of the relationship and things like that because before it would just be like yo you guys trying to go you know trying to go to the movies or trying you know trying to do whatever go grab a bite to eat or just go play sports as much as I can and then eventually you know I would just let time go by and eventually that was in the past and we're just moving on and I would say I actually looking back on it this was probably better mentally emotionally it's it would it worked out better for me than I thought, because yes, I had to sit there and you got to deal with it. You got to think about it. You have nothing to do, but to talk to friends about it. And, and that was, that was kind of like my only release. So. Wow. So different, different type of healing process. Um, I think on that note too, I just want to make sure that all the listeners know that uh, Perry Watson is available right now. So (laughs) if anybody wants to go ahead and look him up on IG on Twitter, you know, go ahead and give him a follow, shoot your shot. Want to make sure that, uh, you know, you got some options. That was kind of the first major uh, curveball 2020 through my way. Not even, what, uh, I guess a month or two later after that, because we did all get quarantined, we're at home. So job-wise, they transitioned us at home as well. So I'm working from home for my job, working from home. Yeah. Um, and then maybe a month later, they said, hey, you know, we're going to, unfortunately, we're going to have to furlough everyone in this department, and we'll essentially come back 30 days later, and we'll reassess what's going on financially for the company and you know what the, what the the path is they're going to take because you know everyone's in uncharted territories so i i totally understand what they were saying and what's crazy enough is when i had i got a call from my boss and my boss's boss like she called me and she's like hey i've got uh philip on the line he was my my boss's boss at the time and she was like i just wanted to you know make sure everything's all right before we three-way and that's when it kind of hit me i was like oh snap she's like kind of prepping me for this conversation mm. I don't know what's gonna happen so we get in that three-way call, kind of lets me know, hey, we're going to have to furlough everyone for 30 days. We'll come back and reassess, um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And that actually hit me harder. I, after I got off the phone with, on that conversation, I legitimately cried. I cried because I, I wasn't laid off yet, but I kind of knew that's where it was going. I legit cried, called my mom. She calmed me down and everything. Um, but I was shook because this was, uh, this was the, my first career or first job I kind of had out of college. I had other I like I substitute taught. I worked for the Rangers a little, doing like promo stuff on game days and like intern for a radio station. 
So I had like all these other little jobs, but this was my first office job. Like I wear a suit every now and then I'm wearing dress up clothes, like every day to work, meeting clients. So this was my first career. And, and I've been with the company for six something years. So that, that hurt. And I knew I didn't take any of it personal, obviously it wasn't a decision. It was, you know, a company wide decision. That was, uh, that kind of, that kind of shook me. We're kind of, that really shook me. Um, so then later that the 30 days later, they do the same thing. So they call to officially kind of like uh, lay us off. And at that point, I'm not like in a better mood, but I kind of knew what was coming. And that didn't, that didn't phase me at all. Cause mentally I'd already prepared. I had emotionally dealt with it. I had already kind of talked to my parents and friends and family, kind of seen what they were doing, what their situations was. So when they actually did lay me off, I was, yeah, I uh, I thanked them for everything. You know, they were like, you know, we'll keep in contact if anything opens up. You know, we'll be happy to reach back out to you. They appreciated me, and I still talk to them all to this day. After maybe a week later, my former boss called me. He's like, hey, I've got a guy. He's like one of his really good friends at the time throughout life. He's like, hey, he owns a sports complex out of Fort Worth. Um, I'd love to give him your contact information because I think he'd be a great fit. Cause your background, I'm like, oh yeah, perfect. Sign me up. And at this point, no one knows what's going on. I don't have a job. This is the first time I'm, I'm legit jobless. I'm unemployed. Mm. So I'm like, hey, I gotta get a job. I don't know. I, you know what I mean? I don't know what the future holds. This guy calls me like maybe two days later, talk on the phone, and he's like, yeah, yeah, everything's shut down obviously right now. But you know, you should come out here. We can walk around the complex. I can give you a tour. We can see how you like it. And I'm like, sure. So I go from a month of like not knowing what my job is going to hold to now I don't have a job to now I'm essentially doing like a casual interview for a new job. Um, so I get out there. The guy's super awesome. The complex is great. It's game on complex in Fort Worth. I've got to shout them out because they, you know, they eventually, I offered me a job, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and they, they also have a spot out there called Apex Training, where a bunch of like pro athletes go to train for combines and the draft and Patrick Mahomes is out there every now and then. It's, it's crazy. It's a big, it's a big deal out there. I didn't know. So they offered me a job, uh, which was great. So I worked for them for a couple months and, and that was great. It was it was super slow at first. I was just kind of learning how to do everything I was doing. I was an operations manager for football and uh, the soccer stuff out there. So I was doing that as the world transitioned to attempt to slow COVID down and then open up in stages. So we mm-hmm. did start getting like, they would let them do like outdoor sand volleyball because it was only like two on two and three on three and everyone's pretty spaced out. So they were doing sports like that. Um, and I was helping oversee all the other random things that were going on there. And I had worked for them for going on maybe three or four months. I start getting calls and texts from people. They're starting to bring people back, but, you know, not necessarily in the same departments or positions because they're kind of dispersing the employees and trying to figure out where they can slot people in. Um, so I've got some old contacts that are reaching back out and saying, hey, would you be interested in, interested in working in department B? Because, you know, we think we, you would really like it. Or I've got people saying, hey, my department's opening up a slot. We really want you. Are you cool with that? So at this point, I'm like overjoyed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is <laughs> that I know. Because the honestly, the sports complex was great, but I never actually worked in sports. The hours are crazy. Like, because oh, yeah. it's not, you know what I mean? It's not your normal, oh, you know, middle of the week, middle of the day things. It's always it's evenings, nights, weekends. I would stay there till 
past midnight sometimes when they would be tournaments. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was tough. That's, uh, that's one thing about working in sports, really at all levels. Uh, a lot of people are overworked and underpaid. <laughs> it doesn't matter which level you're in, whether it's high school, whether it's pro, whether it's recreational college, the schedule is a little unpredictable. But yeah. yeah. So that, exactly. So yeah, you know, for sure. That was my first taste with it. I had worked for the Rangers way back when, when I was younger, but I wasn't even thinking like, oh yeah, I'm just at the ballpark. I'm not thinking like it didn't really feel like work. But now right. that I was actually in and doing operations, I was like, wow, this is a lot of work. It's not good pay a lot of times and the hours are all over the place. So I was jumping at the gun to get back, eventually called me back, offered me a job in a different department in a different part of town. And I was, I accepted. So I hopped back in there. I've been there for maybe two almost two months now I think maybe going on three so I'm doing that and I gotta it's it's nothing is at all what I was doing before so I'm learning wow. a whole new job got a whole new boss different co-workers a different building I'm commuting like 30 something minutes to work which is different for me I was doing like five minutes before you know me I, <laughs> I, I, I think I moved closer to where I work every year so that's been a roller coaster and then lastly it was last year before COVID even before that me and my dad, we're, we have a really good relationship, are not the most well-rounded. We just hadn't talked a lot. And I think it was mostly me. I was just busy with life and I would make excuses. So I, I put all that a lot on my shoulders. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we started falling out of contact because he kind of not, he would hit me up less and less and less. So I was trying to make an effort to, once I kind of got things settled down for myself, to build that relationship back up with him. And I think we started strengthening our bond again. And that's when COVID hit. So then we really couldn't do anything. At first I was like, man, you know, this is another step backwards. Cause we would, you know, we like we'd go out to Top Golf or, you know, we'd go out to eat. But now everything's shut down. And once again, all these things are happening in my life. And I don't know, I don't know if I'm gonna have a job. I don't know where I'm working. Emotionally, I'm on a roller coaster, you know, go through a breakup. Now I'm sitting home alone for days and days and days. My dad was someone, obviously, you know, your parents are someone you should turn to. And it wasn't an automatic for me to turn to my dad, which is, you know, that's kind of not a red flag, but it kind of, you know, opened my eyes like, hey, you know, I need to do something about this. So it eventually turned into a good thing because I had I had no job for months and I had nothing to do. And there was no excuse for me then. I have nothing to be like, oh, I've got to go so-and-so or I've got, you know, I've got a soccer yeah. game. France, or I'm, I'm, I've got I'm, I'm free. <laughs> I got time. So that kind of opened a door or window, um, however, whatever analogy you want, um, for me to to reach out to him, for us to, you know, kind of get back on on better terms, more consistent communication. So that was great. So we, you know, we talk more now. We hang out. We I hung out with him over COVID as much as I could because I was doing a whole lot of nothing. Hmm. And and yeah, and now it's uh, it's snowballed. So now we, you know, that's that's going in a better in a better direction and better path. So that's. That's essentially been my 2020 all up Bro, until now. Talk about, talk about a, a roller coaster. <laughs> That's the word <laughs> that you used, right? There's so many twists and turns within the story and, and on top of everything else that's going on around the world. They tell you that you're going to get furloughed. You get off the phone and you cry, which is interesting because I think on the outside looking in, nobody would ever be able to guess, oh, he took this really hard. Right. I always said, like, one thing that I really admire about you is that you handle life with so much grace. Right. It seems like you never allow yourself to get immensely stressed out. Your emotions are pretty stoic or they're pretty level. Right. And it seems like you're always in a good mood, to be quite honest. So what, is that accurate? And, and do you have just really good coping mechanisms or, or what is it? So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, uh, yes. Humble brag. I would say that's accurate. I 
for the longest time, I've had like the most just carefree and positive attitude. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm just was born like this, but yes, like I don't, I don't let stress get to me that much. I do, I do get stressed out about things because everyone does. Don't get me wrong. Right. Um, we're all human, but I've learned just over times, I guess, to not let it phase me. I, I, I get this question, honestly, whenever I meet new people or friend groups and then like they grow to learn who I am or more about me. And they're like, yeah, this guy, you know, maybe this guy's always smiling. He's always good mood. You never seem stressed. What's going on? Like, so I, I get this question every now and then. And I honestly think back and it's the weird, it's the weirdest phrase or way to put it. But I think I was blessed to have God throw me like tests and challenges early in my life, mm-hmm. which kind of strengthening like just me as a person in my armor. I go back to like in high school, I was on, I had a bunch of friends, was on the football team. I was, you know, at the, I was, I was peaking. I don't know what, what do you want to call it, but I was, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was losing my, living my best life as they right. would say. Sports and football in general, football for sure was, that was the, the cherry on top. That was like my the apple of my eye. I was the, the thing I loved the most. I wanted to do if I could for forever. Like it brought me the most joy, took my mind off of things. I was good at it. Like it was, it was the say all be all and all to everything in my life at the time. And senior year of high school tore my ACL. Not even like, yeah, it was before the season even started. So I think it was in spring ball. So technically, I think I was still a junior, mm. but I missed the entire senior season of football no scouts showed up anymore no scholarships so that was the biggest kind of heart wrench just stomach sink to the ground my life wiped out you know what I mean like I was just it was the end of everything for me at that point when I was in high school obviously didn't know any better but that was that was the biggest thing that had ever happened to me and that hurt to the core but I had to deal with it you know life goes on and that's why, you know, my mom would always preach, hey, you know, there's, there's life after sports. Like, you got to get an education. You got to do this. You got to have more than just, there's more than just football. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and she was right. That was, that was kind of the first thing that I was like, all right. Like, it was kind of like an eye opener. So that, that opened my eyes to like, okay, I'm, maybe I won't have football anymore. You know, well, what else is there out there? And I survived it too. That was the thing. It was at the time when it happens and it's all gone, you're like, "What? this is going to be the worst. Maybe there are some people listening who maybe don't play sports and they're, th- they're thinking, oh, it's just sports. It's just this, it's just that. No, that's your whole life whenever you're a teenager. Like you, you, you've never known that much commitment and devotion to a thing before up until mm-hmm. that point. So yeah, I can only imagine how it felt um, for you at that, at, at that point. And like you said, it was it, it, so much leading up to that. You just devote your life to it, um, even though you're just a high schooler. But and I, I learned, you know, you got to keep living, keep living life. You'll, you know, there's new challenges, there's new people you meet, those new hobbies you'll learn. There, there's so much out there. So, but uh, eventually walked on the football team, Oklahoma State. And that was another like, oh my gosh moment. Like I get to play football again. I'm on the college stage. Like this is what I've always wanted. Um, I'm working uh, my butt off to try and get to where I am, where I want to be. I'm meeting all new friends where eventually where, where we met. And over a Christmas break to what, two, three years in, I think I was a sophomore, it, it, you know, the whole red shirt and everything. Over a Christmas break, playing basketball back in Flower Mound, Texas, and tore my ACL again, mm. other ACL. So that at that point, I'm like, okay. The first time I tore my ACL, cried. Second time I tore my ACL, I actually didn't know it. 
I slid off the basketball court and I was like, oh, you guys keep playing. You know, I just, my knee didn't feel good. I can't put much weight on it. I get home and my mom's like, you know, we got to get, go get MRI because it's swollen. The doc tells me. And at that point I'm like, man, you know, this is just my luck. Here we go again. That was, that reaction was dumbed down multiple, multiple notches from what was going, what happened the first time I did it. So the second time, I don't know how to say it. I, I've become accustomed to like, hey, if trauma happens, something really bad happens, like, it's okay, you're going to get through it. Life is not over. Like, yeah. you know, you can still walk, you can still talk, you can still see, you still have friends, family, good support group. Having that in the back of my mind kind of installed. Um, when that happened that time, you know, I went, told the coaches, obviously they weren't happy, did my rehab and everything, you know, and just, you just keep pushing through life. I feel like those, because they were towards the things that I absolutely love the most, I would put top three favorite things in my life being sports or football was taken away twice. I feel like everything else is just underneath that (laughs) when it comes to stress and and, and things like that. And not to mention you were able to find joy after it, right? Such a huge. There's always, and say there's always something else there. There's so much out there in the world. I just find things that, that makes me find things that make me happy or to get my mind off things, hobbies, friend circles. Um, I would tell people, yeah, just find whatever makes you the most happy or find people that share common interests with you. Um, because that's another thing that I would say gets me through, got me through 2020, got through me through those times. I have, I've been blessed to have a lot of friend circles. I've got friend mm-hmm. circles that are just based off video games. I got friend circles based off uh, sports, off of college, high school. Dance or no? Break, break, <laughs> you're talking about break dancing? Or, and, and the reason I say that is because, uh, well, there's actually that dope tip TikTok. I think it was on your sister's TikTok of you with the Jabberwockies mask and. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought that was clean, right? Short enough. Thank you. But then, Thank you. Uh, for those of y'all out there, go ahead on YouTube, type in Des Bryant Dance Battle. I think you you uploaded it on YouTube a few years ago. I think it's it's like eighty six thousand views, which I'm surprised it doesn't have even more. Yeah, but, that was that's a throwback for sure. <laughs> people need to see those dance moves uh, in the locker room. If you think about having all your emotions um, in separate jars, you want to have, you you never want like your frustration, your stress, your worry, like those jars of emotions to be the same size as like happiness and joy and caring and compassion or uh, trust. Obviously you want to have all those emotions because you need to, we're all human. You need to feel it all, um, you know, express it all. But you want, you never want your, your, your jar that is your hypothetical jar of frustration to be the same size as your jar of happiness. Mm-hmm. So when you're feeling you're most happy, it's it's as high, it's as full as the jar can get. And obviously that's like when you're a kid on Christmas, things like that, like your just heart is gonna explode because you feel so much joy. Stress, if you know what I mean, maybe you are super stressed at work, you're super stressed at home. Um, but you, even if that jar is all the way full, you don't want that jar to be the same size as your happiness. And I think that's that's kind of the best way to put it. And I think of it mentally. So even if I am stressed about things or I'm, I'm frustrated about something, I I know like, hey, I don't need to let this get to the point of where it's it's bigger than my other emotions that I can have. Wow. Or I can have. That, that, that's real. I didn't I didn't know Pastor P. White was gonna take us to church on this Sunday, man. That's- <laughs> Holiday season for a lot of people, it's unfortunately a time that brings a lot of depression, brings a lot of anxiety. 
So what do you think people should have in their surviving 2020 toolkit as they finish out uh, the year? Ooh, okay. Um, so to survive the rest of the year, honestly, eat good food. That's, that's one. <laughs> no, really, don't they say like scientifically good food releases endorphins. So it, it yeah. makes you feel better. So I'm not saying go out there and get fat. I'm not saying eat terrible. <laughs> but I'm saying, you know, every now and then, if you need to stop by a Cinnabon or if you need to stop treat by treat yourself. Exactly. Treat yourself. Don't, yeah, don't, uh, don't stray away from, uh, from eating good this, uh, the rest of this, this month. But like, I absolutely love the holidays. And like you said, it's some, sometimes for some people, it's the lowest of the low. Um, and sometimes it's the highest, the high, but because it, it reminds you, you know, of what, like the relationships you have with the people around you, your, you know, your, your close knit group or your family, or maybe the relationships you don't have anymore. Um, so I know, I know it is a tough time financially too. This is when people are like, Oh, you know, I'm trying to buy presents for people. Like, you know, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. Or I really want that. Cause you know, you see all these commercials for things you, you can't afford. It's, it's tough. I understand that. So gift giving, I feel like as long as you're, if you're, if you're giving from the heart, that's going to be one of the biggest factors I would suggest for someone the, in this last 30 days, give a gift from the heart, <laughs> stray away from the list. Don't go straight to someone's list and say, oh, you know, they want so-and-so, so-and-so, I know they're really going to like it. Try and find something that you, that comes from your heart, it, or, you, you know, you can just write, it could be like a, a letter, a full page letter you write to your mom. Or, it's unbelievable um, how many stressors there are from people feeling like they're obligated to give somebody a certain gift. Hey, they're not going to know that I love them if I don't give them a gift that is worth this much money. And people put so much stress on yourself. And actually this year, I feel like it's a great excuse for people to be like, hey, look, because of the pandemic, because of the job, because of whatever it is, I can't get you this. But, you know, you can get a lot more creative. Maybe it's a, hey, look, you go out on date night and I'll babysit your kids. You do this, you know, just get creative about how you go about doing it. But that stress of the gifts, that's huge. Yes. Just a picture frame with cherished moment picture inside of it, stuff like that. Give from your heart, not from your pockets. That's yeah. what I'm saying. The the end of this year. That's big, man. That's big. So then, one or two pieces of advice for how someone should approach 2021. Who knows what 2021 is going to bring us? If there's anything 2020 showed us, is you can't really have a goal, can't have a plan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So as far as prepping for the new year, 2020, we are so close. Oh my gosh. Um. <laughs> One of my, okay, <laughs> there's a guy on TikTok who runs up to the mirror with a phone and he says like, every mirror you've ever buy will always be used. Like you'll never buy a new mirror. And I'm like, oh, wow. Because you know what I mean? Like everyone's already looked. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It's reflected something. So there's no such thing as a new mirror. Just random facts like that are like hippie moments for me. Anyways, gotcha. <laughs> my favorite one um, is there's no one in the history of the world that has lived the same life as anyone else. Mm. So no matter how you look at it, we've had millions and millions and millions and millions of people live a life on this earth and no one's lived the same one. Um, and, there, and there's no real exact playbook on how to, I guess, like how to live your own life or go through your own journey. So I would just, you're going through your own journey and everyone else's too, you know, you may be confused, um, but everyone's learning along the way. So, like I said, find a support circle, find people you can bounce questions off, ask for advice, vent, humble brag. You gotta find 
as many circles as you need, or maybe just that one circle, maybe just that close friend. Um, but you always got to just stay in communication with somebody. And lastly, I would say find a hobby or activity that forcefully makes you put down your phone. Mm. Like that was a big one for me. A, a chick recently told me, if you haven't checked your phone in a while, it means you're in good company or you're doing something that's worthwhile. And I was like, whoa, like, that's, that's straight up. And that, that means you're having a good time because it's worth it. Because nowadays our phones are connected to us. Right, so if you can find a hobby or activity this 2021 where you can't, you physically cannot have your phone near you to check on it, you actually have to put it away somewhere and do something, that's gonna, that's gonna open up energy for you to, to think and, and, and go forward. Appreciate you tuning in to the Good Evening Podcast with Eve Batoba. Share this with someone who you think would benefit from this. Be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, but for now, have yourself a good evening.